1: This is Fresh FM, it's time for another Nelson Film Society film preview. My name is Matt and I'm joined again by Ellie Cave. She's joining us from Auckland today uh, to talk about the latest film. I'll let Ellie introduce it. It's got a bit of a mouthful of a ti- uh, title, but for a start, how are you doing, Ellie? Good, good morning,
0: Matt. I'm doing fine and I hope you are too, down in Nelson. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, it's all
1: good. <laughs> good.
0: So, shall I just... Go right into it um, yeah. Talking about the film That we have on Tuesday Then we'll be screening The first film In our American Director series And it features The movie maverick Robert Altman Altman is known For having Exploded Genres and character Archetypes Rebelling against Hollywood's directing style And going against The commercial movie industry In general if It's a Sing song title Come back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. (laughs) Altman brings to life a group of women in the small rural town of McCarthy, Texas. In 1955, they formed a fan club devoted to James Dean after his fatal car accident, which happened shortly after he was filmed in Giant. All the action takes place in the Woolworths Five and Dime store where the girls in the fan club used to meet. Originally a play written by Ed Gratchit, which Altman had adapted and directed on the Broadway stage, the film stars Sandy Dennis, Cher, Karen Black, and Judy Bond. Released in 1982, Jimmy Dean was Altman's first feature adaptation of a play. And unlike the play, which he considered humorous and bawdy, the film is more an emotional drama. Altman disliked labeling genres. He was more interested in developing characters and he was fascinated by people with all their imperfections. People as they really are, not as the movies would have you believe. So the year is 1975 and this all-female fan club, who call themselves the Disciples <laughs> of James Dean, have arranged to reunite to commemorate the 20th anniversary of Dean's death. Sissy is hanging decorations while Juanita is getting on with the job of tending to the shop, which is block, with cult, memorabilia, magazines, and goods for sale. Mona is shortly to arrive by bus. The super hot temperature is then flashback to Sissy and Mona arriving at that shop in a storm in 1955. The entire film takes place on just this one set inside the shop, a redressed version of the Broadway show. The story unfolds through a series of present-day scenes and flashbacks. Altman had built a double set with two-way mirrors that were controlled by computerized lighting techniques. The huge mirror behind the soda counter crosses the time zones, and it is so effective that often one can't be sure whether the performers are behind the mirror or whether we are seeing their reflective images. The production was Altman's first to involve Pierre Mignot, a Canadian cinematographer. Mignot's lighting creates a semblance of real fluctuating afternoon sunlight just outside. Altman used super 16 millimeter equipment during the 19 day shoot this was later converted to 35mm stock for the first version of the movie, printed a film with a sound properly synced to the picture. Being in an Altman film would, I think, be an actor's dream. Sheer says it was Altman who launched her acting career. He regularly let his actors develop their characters through improvisation during rehearsals, and sometimes during the actual filming. He was an astute observer of society, and as I mentioned, he celebrated the chaotic nature of real life. Altman had had a previous interest in James Dean as he was the co-director of the James Dean story in 1957, just after the actor's death. And it was this documentary which contributed to James Dean's emerging cult following. I hesitate to tell too much of the story, as I don't want to release any spoilers. But by understanding the nature of the characters as they appear, the secret, which each has preciously guarded for 20 years, the story will unfold on its own. I've already referred to Mona. She is a a deluded, slightly unstable woman who travels to Marfa, Texas every year to the town 62 miles away where Dean filmed Giant. The person we never meet is Jimmy Dean of the title, Mona's 19-year-old son. Mona has always laid claim to the fact that while on the set of Giants, she and James Dean had a night of romance, and Jimmy Dean is his son. Sissy is a buxom and brassy one who wants to hold on to her sexy, youthful spirit forever, and master her vulnerability with humor and flirtation. Juanita is a defensive, God-fearing Southern Christian who holds her husband, now passed away, on a pedestal somewhere near where the saints reside. In the 1955 scenes, we meet Joe, the lone male member, played by Mark Patton. He is the young assistant who cleans up after closing time and who is sweet on Mona, but who is also the pariah of the village due to his feminine persona. At the reunion, a mysterious woman arrives from out of town in a yellow Porsche. She says she is linked to the past, yet nobody appears to recognize her. She is the one who holds the key to the past reality. Dreams, pretensions, expectations all change course over the hour and 40 minutes of the film and end in deception, self-exposure, and shame. Sometimes the dialogue tends to become slightly repetitive, but the acting is always energetic and the director has kept the drama alive with much humor. I imagine that the movie worked a lot better than it did as a play, as the actors can engage with far more emotional intimacy. Just before the final shot, where time has moved on, and the shop is stripped of all its fittings, there is a warm rendition of the Maguire Sisters, which Missy, Mona, and Joe used to perform back in the 50s. It leaves us with a feeling of hope that by accepting change and not clinging on to the past, it allows us to move forward and have a better future. And I just want to add that uh, the disc for this screening comes from Bill Gosden's personal
1: collection nice well done bill (laughs) yeah (laughs) I don't know if it's uh, your ability to sell these things but man these movies sound really good this is another one that has got me so intrigued while you've been talking I've been on the uh, nzfilmsociety.org.nz website looking at come back to the five and dime jimmy dean jimmy dean and uh, just just running through the pictures as you're talking and it and it it went so well actually watching the pictures while you were talking um it, it oh. look it's it, it's very interesting and seeing sheer uh, back in the 70s she seems to have she seems to almost look younger these days than she did then i think that's <laughs> maybe some intervention there but uh Okay, and I do see, also it's mentioned that Kathy Bates is another uh, person in the role, which is interesting because I've never seen her in her younger years.
0: I didn't mention her, um, and she is quite a uh, figure, I, you know, I got on and (laughs) she got left out, I'm sorry. Sure,
1: no problem at all, no problem at all. So is this a film you had heard of prior to coming across it as part of the Film Society, or is this a new one to you?
0: No, it's a new one for me, and I've got to say, I'm, I'm very glad that we're featuring Robert Altman because I really didn't know too many of his films, and now I have seen three of them in preparing for these previews, and I guess I really like having this film as being part of a, this trilogy, if you like, um, because it's so different from, you know, what's to come. I mean, when we see the, I think the next one we'll see of his is Nashville, which is so very very different in many ways but there are you know you can get a picture of who this man was and the time that he lived yeah you know with the uh, method acting and right uh which in in fact i was very much a part of because i was an acting major when i was back in college, university, but, um, and I just thought it was the only way to act, (laughs) (laughs) and now I look back and I think, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, Uh, the things we learn, the things we learn, Uh, yeah, so Altman, now he, he was behind, I think, the first M.A.S.H. incarnation, is that right?
0: That's right, and this stage play, and then the film came after these You know, wonderful successes of his. So he was on a roll.
1: Okay, okay. So you've seen three of his films now. Do you do you recognise the style that he has in the the ones that you've seen?
0: I guess yes and no. Um, I probably have to see a lot more. Sure. In fact, um, there is one of his, and the title I don't remember. But I was looking further ahead. We were doing a film called Transit. It, it comes up in, I think, June in Nelson, and the director there was saying one of his top ten films was this Altman film. I thought, oh, that's curious. He's a German director. Right. And um, so I thought, well, maybe I should, you know, yeah. get that one and see it. Yeah.
1: Sure. Uh, Sure. Okay, and uh, so this, as you've mentioned, it is, um, a, uh, I guess, a reimagining of a, a theatre piece. And you that obviously does uh, lend more to, I guess, being able to develop and get a bit more intimate and, and that sort of thing. Now, the the mirror you were talking about, that sounds like quite a clever staging piece.
0: It, it is. I mean, you can imagine... Back in the days, in the 50s, mm-hmm. a big soda fountain and, 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 you know, where you where you go to get your milkshake or whatever, yep. and uh, in the back there's this big mirror, and then all of a sudden you can see through the mirror, yeah. and uh, the characters are coming on again in the back, as they were in the 50s, and yeah. then, it, you know, the camera shows the scene there, and so it just plays back and forth, and it was very effective.
1: Yeah. It really it's, works. It's a cool technique, I have to say. I'm I'm quite uh, intrigued by this film. Now, um, the thing I was going to say is James Dean himself. Were you a James Dean fan? No, I wasn't. I wasn't. Right, so you wouldn't have found yourself as a disciple of James Dean. and if, the... if I lived in McCarthy, Texas, well, who knows? Yeah, James Dean. It's something I've realized while we've talked about this that... I know, I know, you know him through movie posters and some some lines that apparently he's delivered and stuff. But I don't think I've ever watched a James Dean film myself.
0: Hmm. Oh well, maybe maybe getting the James Dean documentary would be, um, yeah. you know, a starter.
1: That's <laughs> probably
0: I th- get it all wrapped up into one. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Look, I think that's a good idea. So you saw this on the big screen, is that right? Yes, I did. It does look, I know you talked about the filming technique, 16 mil gone to 35 and all that. I, I don't understand the intricacies of that, but it is a very, it's got that almost soft focus and it has got a very grainy brown sort of 70s look. Yeah. Yes, it does.
0: And I was hoping you could clarify that for me <laughs> Which was that, the 16 or the 35? Yeah, I, I, I don't know very much about but I know that there are a lot of members of the film society who...
1: To, yeah, you
0: know, easily talk about that after. Yeah,
1: I think 35mm is higher resolution, so it may be something to do with that transfer. And it was obviously some effect that he was, you know, going for. Because I guess, you know, your home filming and stuff would have been 16mm back in the day. I, I'm not sure. It's all, all digital nowadays, so who can know? Yeah. Nowadays, they spend lots of money on technolo- technology to try and recreate these looks that they naturally <laughs> achieved back in the day. A recommended movie from Ellie cave is what I'm going to assume
0: yes yes and and it might not be to everyone's taste. As, as I did mention one thing about it with you know in the dialogue yeah but you're repetitive in parts and some people might find that might find it a little stifling to have just a stage set one set and the whole entire film yeah. films inside but the story does start to you know your attention
1: a little bit more you know towards the middle to the end yeah. sure 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 and uh what did you say the duration was it's not super long is it it was like an
0: hour and 40 minutes did okay. i say Yeah, I think, I, think, I think that was
1: about right yeah yeah which isn't isn't uh, too hard to take in unlike some of the the epics that come out nowadays that you're pushing two hours or two and a half hours Ah, uh, yeah, some of these superhero movies are coming out with such long... <laughs> long uh, durations nowadays I can't quite work it out but anyway
0: well maybe we'll come back to the days of when, when, the, when there was an intermission oh. we can go out and get an ice cream <laughs> that would be nice legs I'd like that yeah who doesn't
1: miss that and then you come back and somebody's gone in your seat and you're like what yeah. <laughs> yeah anyway um, cool well thanks again Ali for joining us to talk about come back to the five and dime Jimmy Dean Jimmy Dean what a mouthful that one is uh, now, that's showing this coming Tuesday at the Nelson Film Society, which is down at the Souter, Tuesday night, 29th of March, at 6 o'clock. Thanks, Ellie. Thanks for giving us uh, your your take on this. Um, again, you've sold it well, and I'm highly intrigued.
0: Okay, so Matt. We'll talk to you next week.
1: Okay. Thank you, Ellie.